0: Then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. That's better, H-E-L-P, dot com.
2: All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. Thanks, everyone, watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. I'm Jay Croucher, joined by Drew Dinsick, the whale capper. Today, we're going to jump into... What happened yesterday, a lot of underdogs winning in the NFL, our adjustments on teams that are trending towards a little bit of disaster, like the Bucks and the 49ers and the Packers, Uh, and then we're going to jump into tonight's Monday Night Football matchup, and then talk some of Drew's win totals. But firstly, Drew, how are you? Back from uh, back from Oregon, and back into the NFL. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh,
1: it's great to be back. I missed the show last week. Obviously, uh, you you did a, a yeoman's effort uh, keeping up the good the good fight. Uh, our Friday show that we did, I think we had pretty much a perfect card. Uh, you know, Ken's Pats no never in doubt that overcame through and then uh, our best bets for the weekend including the eagles Uh very solid uh, show so good job by us high five uh less of a good job by the NFL overall at creating an entertaining product <laughs> uh i mean even the marquee game of the entire regular season which was chiefs bills was pretty uneven um at, but it's still like the NFL has fought for years to get parity right and when you look at the NFC in particular right now, and you look at the standings and who basically everyone is still alive for a playoff spot, it feels more like parody than parody. Um, but that said, the uh you know, the competitive balance is strong. Uh anyone can win any given Sunday. And I think that was kind of the uh the the, the general vibe of uh the results as you kind of pick through the box scores because there was just like Thursday night, we talked about it. Like the box score didn't really jive with the final, you know, the final score. I think you can say that about eight games yesterday.
2: Yeah. I think the story of this weekend and, and really the past couple weeks has been that the NFC is pretty bad. Uh, and we kind of anticipate that a little bit coming into the season, just relative to the AFC, which had, you know, the, the Bills and the Chiefs are just nailed on as contenders with incredibly high flaws. But teams that were among the top five favorites in the NFC, the Bucs, the Packers, the Niners, the Rams, have all been underwhelming. And yesterday, you know, three of those teams fell off a cliff. Uh, the Eagles, as well. Like the Eagles are going to get the one seat now uh, because they have the tiebreak over Minnesota, who are the only team really pushing them for that. And so I think that the Eagles are rightfully the favorite in the NFC just because they have the cleanest path to a buy. But I don't know about you, but I wasn't that impressed by the Eagles last night. They got those three turnovers off of Cooper Rush and was still against Cooper Rush in Philadelphia. It was still 2017 uh, in the fourth quarter. I think you can run on the Eagles. They revived Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think that the offense is all world to the extent that you know Buffalo's is, for instance. So, I think the NFC is wide open, but and which should create the path for a potential long shot, but looking through some of these teams, like I can't get involved on the Giants at 25 to 1. Can't get involved on the Saints at 40 to 1, the Cardinals at 50 to 1. I mean, and then you're looking at like Falcons, Seahawks. I mean, we love the Seahawks, but can't see them winning three games in the playoffs. So... Are there any long shots that you like in the NFC? Or is it going to be one of these kind of cluster of underwhelming teams that just happens to back itself into three wins?
1: We don't need the Seahawks to win three games in the playoffs, Jay. We just need them to win the NFC West. (laughs) That's going to be a fun... That'll be eight and nine. Eight and nine winning the NFC West, and the Seahawks have done their job. Um, No, to ultimately to go the distance in this playoffs, when it comes to playoff matchups, quarterback is even greater than in a regular season matchup because of the just the level of play that you get out of quarterbacks is widely varied come playoff time. And so if you can kind of identify like, hey, this team, they at least have an experienced quarterback who's not going to just absolutely ruin the moment for the team. Like those are the teams that you have to have a little bit more, um, you know, just, just a little bit more confidence in that they're going to do something. And I know I'm saying this in the light of a year where Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow had their first ever successful playoff runs. Um, but that's the exception, not the rule. And I think if you kind of look across the, you know, the contenders, I would be thinking largely about has, you know, does my team have a quarterback who at least has navigated the, the very, very uh, rocky waters of the playoffs? And that's still the Buccaneers and the Buccaneers are still not a healthy team. They still have a long way to go to get cohesion on that offensive line, but their defense is still good enough that when we get into the colder months and, Uh, you know, and and they become healthier. I think they're still the bet on the NFC in my mind.
2: Okay, well, I took the Bucs. I took the look ahead, Bucs minus six and a half against the Steelers. I got a field goal (laughs) of value on that, and they still didn't even come close to covering. So uh, complicated feelings about the Bucs at the moment. I agree that they are probably the best bet on the board, even though it's uninspiring at plus 500, just because they still have, a very easy path to, to the division, whereas in terms of, you know, just team quality uh, and upside, I would look at the Cowboys and the Packers, so I think that, you know, the Cowboys obviously get Dak Prescott back likely this week, and then the Packers, I mean, there's still so much talent on that team, but neither of those teams are going to win the division, uh, certainly not the Cowboys now that, you know, they're two games and the tie break back of the Eagles, and then the Packers, are also two games in the tiebreak back of the Vikings, so you're going to have to look at teams playing on the road. Yeah. And that's why I think this is a it's a frustrating market because there should be a path for an underdog, but the Eagles are just weighing everything down. They're anchoring the whole market because they have such a clear path to the one seed, and they're only plus two ten.
1: Yeah, it be a real shame if the Eagles got the one seed. We'd be really sad here, but yeah. <laughs> not, not exactly at all. Um, but no, I think your perspective that you're coming at this with is completely correct. We should be looking for value right now. But in fact, instead, I'm, I'm looking a little bit more at playing defense in some of the positions that I have that have gotten a huge amount of equity, which is where we're sitting for the most part. Um, and, and, but you're right. The path through the NFC goes through Philly, who is the only quarterback of any of those that you would trust on the road in like a kind of a pick 'em game, it's Tom Brady. He's the, literally the only guy that I could see going into that environment and kind of at least keeping his head, keeping his cool. And presumably, he has a healthy set of weapons to work with at that time. Uh, because, I again, you know, as good as the Eagles are going to be in this regular season, and as many wins as they're going to compile, because it's going to be a lot, there are still very clear ways to attack that team, particularly uh, some of the defenses that you pointed out.
2: Yeah. I still, I'm not writing off the Packers entirely yet. I don't know what the hell's happened to the Packers, not just the past two weeks, but really the whole season. Uh, But I do think that there's still, there's so much talent on that team and that if they can just somehow upgrade at receiver, be it Odell Beckham, be it Romeo Dobbs, just getting a lot better as the season progresses, I do still think that team has upside, but can't touch them at that price when they're going to have to be going On the road most likely because they've shot themselves in the foot in the division all right before we get into tonight's game remember please download the roto world app to receive breaking player news all season long stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster get the latest injury updates player news and much more delivered right to your phone it's available in the app store today for
0: 25 years mike's has been making lemonade the hard way (laughs) Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley High Performance Sofas and Recliners are soft, on trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high performance furniture in store or online at Ashley.com. Ashley for the Love of Home. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards
1: on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com active cash. This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE. To get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each, new customers only must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Voidware prohibited, Louisiana license pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets first five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses. You will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the points bet website for more details. Gambling problem in Colorado or Kansas call 1-800-522-4700 in Iowa. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. And in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 1-877-770-7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Gambling problem? Call eight seven seven eight Hope New York or text Hope NY four six seven three six nine in New York.
2: Also available in the App Store is a bad quarterback, Denver Broncos quarterback <laughs> Russell Wilson, uh, <laughs> who uh, has a shoulder injury, apparently, um, coincidentally arising after maybe the worst game, or at least the, the most memeable game of his career, against the Colts. But the Broncos playing against the Chargers. the Broncos are plus four and a half the total is 45 and a half. What's your lane on this game?
1: yeah I'm looking for an under here. Um, that's too many points for a Broncos game. Uh, the idea that the Broncos are going to find success particularly against the Staley defense when Staley is kind of the architect of the defense that has basically ruined late stage Russ Wilson's career. Um, you know if you don't know what I'm talking about Staley was ba- effectively the architect of the too high. When he was on the Rams. And that uh, literally threw ice cold water on a cooking Russ Wilson in his MVP campaign season. Um, and then ultimately, Russell Wilson has never been able to figure out that defense because he doesn't like to throw over the middle of the field because presumably he can't see over his offensive linemen. And for whatever reason, that problem has been accentuated this year, not solved by the addition of Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett is also bringing nothing to the table in terms of off- offensive concepts that really make you excited about watching a Broncos game. So I think the fact that that unit is now going up against the Chargers defense that I still have huge regard for, particularly in the, on the, uh, you know, the defense the secondary side. Um, you know, I think it's going to make for an ugly, uh, ugly slog fest here for Denver in terms of moving the ball. And then on the flip side, the Chargers still dealing with, Very meaningful injury to their kind of most important piece in Justin Herbert. They have, uh, you know, still they have lost uh, Slater for the season, who was their best tackle. uh, And now they're dealing with injuries to Trey Pipkins, the third at right tackle. So entirely possible there may be a Storm Norton sighting in this game. (laughs) (laughs) There may be a Storm Norton sighting. And even if there's not, you're counting on a six round rookie in uh, Jamari uh, Salyer. Who has played fine, you know, in his in his limited limited snaps, but now he has to go against Bradley Chubb. That is a really really tough assignment. And so, you know, the idea that Los Angeles is going to be smooth offensively without Keenan Allen, uh, and you know, with a defense, I mean, a a running attack that's not going to look nearly as good, considering that they're not going up against the miserable Browns. uh, You know, I think ultimately this is going to be a a closely contested uh, six seven point win for the Chargers. I would lean Chargers if I had to take a side here just because i feel like the you know movement from six and a half to four and a half is not really well deserved for what the what the broncos have shown you this se- so far this season um but uh, the under i think is a better play just based on uh both offenses not really giving us much to this point in the season
2: yep Corey lindsley also questionable just adding up to the charges uh, absurd annual uh rush of injuries uh, i agree with you on the under that would be my play here too i think obviously the the Denver offense side of the under speaks for itself uh, with how bad they've been. But I do think that the best unit in this game is probably the Denver defense uh, just with hmm. the question marks that the charges have uh, offensively with Herbert dealing with the ribs with their offensive line and then with Keenan Allen being out. And I, I do think that as well, I think Pat Sertan is maybe the best cornerback in the NFL right now. And if he's blanketing Mike Williams, then all of a sudden it, Josh Palmer, like there's not that much there for the Chargers, it's going to be a lot of Austin Eckler, so I would skew the under, uh, this line is all, it's trending towards four at the moment uh, so there's a lot of belief out there I presume not in the Denver offense, but, but rather in the Denver defense, uh, and keeping this close and ugly, and I think if you like the Broncos, if you like the plus four and a half, if it closes plus four, you're probably better off just backing the under because it's very hard to see them winning a high scoring matchup. Uh, I think the Chargers defense is when we spoke about them two weeks into the season when it looked like the Chargers were headed to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, we were talking about the Chargers, the top five defense, but now with Joey Bosa out, with JC Jackson is looking bad. Uh, I know he's banged up, but I mean, he, he might not be starting for the Patriots right now, JC Jackson, <laughs> with how Jonathan and Jack Jones have looked and Jalen Mills. He genuinely might not be starting. He's been that poor. And he obviously signing the big contract to come to LA. So yeah, they're a bad vibes team at the moment, the Chargers. Uh, but still, Kansas City, second loss. Like they are, uh, the, the division is, is not wide open, but it's more open than it was uh, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, they've got a lot to prove tonight. But in terms of props, one market I would look at is Mike Williams under 70 and a half receiving yards, and like he's easily cleared 100 yards the past two weeks, but that's going up against the Texans and Cleveland defenses, which are not great, uh, and now going up against... Pat Sertan, who uh, you know, shut down Michael Pittman last week, is playing at an incredibly high level. Uh, I do think that Mike Williams is probably just is, – is an underplay uh, until someone is able to, to beat Pat Sertan. All right. Before we jump into some NBA win totals, uh, if you want more betting DFS and fantasy advice right before kickoff tonight, tune into our M- NFL on NBC Sports YouTube channel at 7 p.m. Eastern as Vaughn Dalzell, Lawrence Jackson, and Kyle Devorech answer your questions prior to kickoff between the Broncos and the Chargers. All right, Drew, missed you last week. Brad filled in ably and <laughs> gave out some of his bets. We missed yours though for the nba so tell me what your favorite overs are uh for win totals Ooh,
1: this is an easy one to start with minnesota timberwolves i'm go. exposed i'm exposed a, a dozen different ways to these guys being good as a regular season team especially uh, i just feel like the roster composition and the synergy that you have now with putting rudy gobert next to to towns and you know the emergence of anthony edwards and d'angelo russell now having a big that he can go pick and roll with like all of it is just absolute music to my ears my only concern was depth and injury potential and all they have proven in the preseason is that they're a lot deeper than i thought so now like my already warm feelings about the timberwolves have crept even even warmer i think that is your easiest look for kind of a a real high payout like a like upside position the timberwolves are in the west The West has four of the five worst teams in the NBA, four teams who are clearly tanking for the one seed. And so the West should have more bifurcation in terms of the good, the high wins and the low and the uh, significant losses. Um, And then they're in the uh, division with two of those four teams. So I think that, you know, realistically wins against the Jazz and the Thunder should come, you know, at a relatively strong clip. Your account, a lot of people excited about that Denver Nuggets team that is going to be missing. Uh, you know, that or there's going to be reintegrating Michael Porter Jr. Who knows if he gives you a full season? He's a huge piece to them ultimately, you know, reaching their potential this season. Um, and so I, you know, I'd see a lot of questions in division and I see a lot of potential Western Conference wins for this Jazz team on top of, I mean, for this uh Thunder, you know, the Timberwolves team, excuse me, uh, the, the Rudy Gobert addition, uh, slip of the tongue there, but um, yeah, well coached. Well rostered, lots of different, you know, versatility, different looks they can give you. Uh, I like like them for most wins in the NBA, uh, and I think they could threaten kind of high sixties if things go well. Um, so that uh, that yeah, I mean, they're twenty to one to have most wins in the NBA, and I think that's an absolutely absurd price. Schedule soft to start out, so they have that kind of the same breaks that the Suns had last year, where they can really get uh, a little bit of momentum going into the uh, you know the holiday season. Uh, this Timberwolves team is going to be a truck, and uh, you know I, I don't want to be in the way of that. So a lot of uh, Timberwolves overs for me.
2: Yep. I'm um, completely with you. That was my best bet in the Western Conference, the over there. I think with regular season, when you're talking about teams that are in the contender or fringe contender sphere, racking up wins, it's all about system and incentives. Rudy Gobert is a defensive system unto himself, and then Edwards and Towns give you such a, a high floor offensively. And then incentives-wise, People are going to lose their jobs in Minnesota if this team doesn't get, you know, (laughs) fifty wins and uh, is at least threatening for home court in the West, which I think they'll get. So, all in Timberwolves. I've already made a big batch of merch order of Wolves gear. (laughs) I'm all in Rudy Gobert. We're looking forward to seeing La Defense in uh, Minnesota (laughs) this regular season. I think they're going to have, I think they're going to have a top five defense and a top ten. Uh, offense and you mix those two together you're looking at mid 50s wins with i think i agree some scope for more all right what's your next favorite over
1: yes my other three looks for overs all in the eastern conference which maybe doesn't make sense because i just went on and on about how there was all these tanking teams in the west but uh, the eastern conference is going to be extremely competitive top to bottom. There are very, very good teams in this in this uh, conference, and I think uh, you have to look at the uh, 76ers right now, who are being rated as about the third or fourth, depending on what market you're checking, uh, and I make them the best in terms of just personnel who are going to be on the court for the regular season, game-by-game uh, type of matchups. I think the Sixers are alive to win the Atlantic. I think the Sixers are probably your presumptive, in my mind, at least by my model, I'm looking at the presumptive one seed in the Eastern Conference, and I think they're over is a fair look at 51 and Half, uh, and then I'm going to go to the bottom of the Eastern Conference and take a little bit of a, uh, you know, li- just buy a little stock in the Magic, buy a little stock in the uh, uh, Pistons, just you know, two teams that have your number one overall pick from last year in the previous season, young stars, uh, and and good nucleus around those teams, All, a decent amount of investment this offseason just to get personnel. Uh, you know, and just kind of make the team deeper. And uh, I think that all makes sense. If you have had the number one pick the last couple of years, you need to start showing progress. (laughs) You need to start showing results. And I don't think those two teams are primed for tanking whatsoever. And so they're going to scoop some wins against the tanking teams. Their totals are extremely low because they are expected to be uh, among the worst teams in the NBA. And I think that they do show potential to leap. So uh, for me, a little bit, uh, you know, a high potential ceiling for the Sixers uh, and a decent chance that the Magic and the Pistons exceed expectations.
2: Yep, I'm with you on the Sixers in particular. I think it's completely insane that the market has the Nets, uh, a shorter favorite than the Sixers to win the Atlantic Division, have the Sixers clearly above Brooklyn. Uh, And I think that just with their depth, with the incentives as well there, with James Harden's first season, uh, and Tobias Harris is their fourth option, which is it puts you in a really good spot. Uh, so I think that the Sixers uh, are going to be a regular season machine. I've taken some magic plus 1,500 to make the play-in. That's dropped Ooh, now. but That's a that, fun one. Yeah. Get the 10 seed. That's doable. You're going to be beating out teams like Charlotte and the Bulls have a lot of downside. I don't think people realize how good Franz Wagner is. He's really good. Paolo, I think, will be good from the jump. And then in guys like... Suggs, Fultz, they have upside. Wendell Carter's really solid. Uh, I just wish that Fultz and Gary Harris were a bit healthier, but I think Fultz in particular should be fine. Pistons, I'm a little I was with you initially, but just seeing them in the preseason, not sure Cade is ready for this, uh, in terms of leading a team to, you know, low 30s by himself at this point. Uh, but Uh, Also, I think that Jaden Ivy is just going to be bad to start. Uh, I think he'll be good eventually, but I don't think he's going to contribute to winning basketball, but trading for Bojan definitely helps them. All right, let's jump into some unders. Uh, What's your favorite under on the board? Ooh, uh, favorite on the board? God, this is tough.
1: I'm with you on Washington and Charlotte as unders and potential secret tankers, (laughs) especially with Charlotte now missing huge chunks of uh, the early part of the season with LaMelo Ball, like the talent on that roster is really, really, really suspect. I have them talent wise rated below the magic. (laughs) And that's a problem. Uh, and considering LaMelo, you know, not on the floor for them. Um, it's a. They didn't really address. I didn't think their biggest issues and concerns with uh, the, you know, replacing the head coach and/or kind of addressing the, you know, the big situation. So as suspect of defense that exists in the NBA, uh, and uh, similarly Washington, I think uh, you know they're getting this sort of. These are both teams are kind of rated in that middle class of a very very tough Eastern Conference. I just don't see them getting the wins that they're going to need of among the upper crust of the east to get to those win totals so i had like under in both the hornets and the wizards uh, and i took an undershot on the memphis grizzlies uh, sure. in the same sense of if you're going to downgrade a team for the loss of a key defensive piece like the market has for the boston celtics which i agree with then you better do it for the grizzlies because jerry jackson jr is their entire defensive system Really, and now you have a couple of young players in Bain and uh, and John Morant who took huge leaps forward last season. Is that sustainable? Will there be some regression to the mean? Are the Memphis Grizzlies more like the sixth or seventh best team in the west That's where I rank them uh, and so the idea of getting them kind of uh, you know under fifty wins to me seems uh, like a, like a decent shot and uh, you know it's this, it's not a super strong case but something's got to give at the top of the west and I think it's going to be Memphis.
2: Yep. I think also just losing DeAnthony Melton and Kyle Anderson who are kind of significant pieces to that team certainly in the regular season, okay. that's going to hurt uh I think the Hornets. Yeah. The the thing is is with the with how good the top 2 picks are going to be this year in the draft that, you know, if you're in if you're tracking towards 36 wins, then you want to pull the plug and finish with 28 wins. And so I think yeah. there's going to be huge downward gravity uh, there with those types of teams. With the Wizards, I do think that they're going to try and get wins because of the organizational incentives, because they re-signed Beal, because they've made all these margins like, to win now. And by winning now, I mean like get the, the nine seed. Uh, so... I do think the Wizards are going to be trying. It's just a matter of, of Chris Stapps and Beal staying healthy. If those two stay healthy all season, then I think they are a 37, 38 win team, but they tend not to stay healthy. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I think that it's a good look to look at teams in that low thirties win range um, and take the under on them just because of... Because of the momentum. Uh so okay. I'm with you there. I all saved
1: right. my I saved my hottest take for last because yeah. this is anti all, this is against all of the smart basketball podcasting bros who yeah. love the Toronto Raptors this year. <laughs> I love the Toronto Raptors last year because the market was super cold on them. Their win total was in the 30s, Jay.
2: It was in yeah, the 30s. Yeah, I, I bet it over. Yeah, I took an out it's, win over. It was like, <laughs>
1: great. <yeah. laughs> it was great. This year it's not in the 30s. It's way way higher and everybody's like, "Oh, I love this Toronto team." They're in the toughest division in all of basketball by a mile. Like they're they might be the worst team in that division depending on how things go with the Knicks in terms of their team chemistry and the, the additions that they made fitting. Uh like really and truly, the bump that they had last year for teams not taking players to Canada because of the vaccination status or do people not remember this? They've forgotten this already. That that was a huge part of some of the wins that they got. That were low hanging fruit. Uh, you know, I just I don't see uh, anywhere close to the same optimism for this uh, Toronto team that I did last year. Considering where the market had them rated, they were two hundred to one to win the Atlantic last year. Like that, that that that's a buy price, not not this. And so you know, I think this this Toronto team just broadly overrated. People are going gaga over the fact that. You know, they're using Biggs as point guards and blah blah blah. If you're using Biggs as point guards, that means you don't have a point guard. Like that's that's really more of the story to me. So um I'm I'm not I'm not feeling the Raptors this season. It's gonna be a, a bet against team for me,
2: particularly early part of the season. Wow, Drew Densick hates Canada. All right. I <laughs> think, I'm with you, like big picture. I probably lower than market on on the raptors just because i don't really see their path to doing anything in terms of you know getting to an eastern conference finals unless like scotty barnes has to become a top 10 player in the league and that's not going to happen this year clearly and then their depth is always suspect there's always so much Delano, banton and these kind of guys speed mckay look like they were just getting run i do think though that just regular season-wise, Nick Nurse, these young guys, now it's a second year in that defensive system. I do think they're going to be a nightmare to play against just night to night in the regular season because of their length, their energy, just the overall talent level. But it is a still a problem that they don't really have anyone who can shoot, dribble, par- like get to the rim, do everything. Everyone <laughs> has a very definable weakness. Siakam can't really shoot. Van Vliet doesn't really get to the rim. OG can't really do anything offensively outside of kind of take open threes and charge to the rim. And then Scotty Barnes is still relatively unrefined as an offensive player in terms of a guy who's going to be a star. So I'm with you. It's a big jump in win total year to year. I think they'll be right around this mark. But yeah, I would skew probably more pessimistic about the Raptors than most. All right, we're done, Drew. Now, a reminder for everyone tomorrow, we have a special Bet the Edge Episode dedicated to NBA awards and other futures. I'll say for myself, if you're going to listen to one episode all year, I'd listen to
0: <laughs> this. Is,
2: this is my wheelhouse. This is my baby this NBA awards. Last year, we talked about on the show, we got Marcus Smart, 200 to 1, defensive player of the year. Tyler Hero, 30 to 1, sixth man of the year. Right. John ja Morant, 30 to 1, most improved player. Uh, so I do think this is a very, very vulnerable market. I've already gotten all my bets in, so I'll speak very freely about what I think is value. I won't be hiding anything, so please tune into to that uh, before the season begins. Now, don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com as well for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those of you watching on our NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. From Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick, we'll be back tomorrow.
0: For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.
1: Buying a master mechanics tool set usually means high prices, higher interest rates, and who knows how many years of monthly payments. But at GearWrench, we don't believe that your tools should take years and years to pay for. So check out Mega Mod Master Sets. The master mechanics tool sets that deliver pro-quality tools, organized storage solutions, an easy-to-use lifetime warranty, and much, much more. All for thousands less than you'd expect. So don't wait. Explore the sets and check availability now. Only at GearWrench.com